I want us to put the slide up that gives us the definition of the word bold. It simply means not hesitating or fearful in the face of actual or possible danger or rebuff, courageous and daring. So this is exactly what we need to be as a, hum as a person and as a, a child of God, not hesitating, not hesitating, not fearful, even when there might be actual or possible danger or some kind of rebuff, we might not be accepted or admired or understood, but we don't pull back from that. We are courageous and we are daring. We have taken our stand. We're confident in our faith. We're confident in our walk with God. And we're confident that His blessings are going to be on our lives. Let me tell you what bold is not. Bold is not. Bold is not arrogant. Bold is not cocky. Bold is not self-confident. Bold is not prideful. And bold certainly isn't pitiful. You see, boldness has an element of humility to it. Humility. Humility is not feeling yourself better or superior to anyone else, but always encouraging others and lifting them up. It is a smaller view of yourself and a gigantic view of God. Boldness is having a God confidence. There's a difference in an individual that is self-confident. I can do this. I can handle this. I, 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 I'm confident in this field. And a person that has God confidence. The confession of every child of God is this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what boldness is. Is knowing that Christ is on the inside and that we have his help in our lives to do whatever we do. That's what gives us boldness. Boldness is knowing that you're a child of God and that you have a sense of, of confidence in who you are as a Christian, as his child, and knowing that you're in his family. Because of that, you can be unafraid and completely unashamed. Shame is not a work of the Holy Spirit. And if you and I at any time or any age in any situation, if we feel shame, we need to analyze why am I feeling shame? Because shame is not a work of the Holy Spirit. God makes us bold. Bold is knowing that within myself I am weak, but in God all things are possible. And so boldness is not about being cocky or arrogant or self-confident. But boldness is knowing who you are in Christ and knowing that He lives in your heart and that whatever happens, you and God can handle it. Can you say amen? amen? I believe in this day and time that we need bold teachers and administrators. We have many wonderful teachers and administrators, faculty members in our church. Thank God for every one of them that have a call to teach children, a call to teach others. A teaching gift is a beautiful gift. It is a wonderful thing to know that you have the gift to teach. It's wonderful to know that your life is adding up and is making a difference. And that every day you get to go and impart to someone else and share knowledge and, and share wisdom with them. And not just impact them with the things you know, but impact them with who you are. God bless all of the 
teachers and faculty members in the house today. God bless them for giving their lives to educating and teaching other people. It's a, it's a gift and it's a calling and there is an anointing for just being a teacher. And we thank God for all of them. Teaching is probably uh, increasingly more difficult in the culture that we're living in today. Uh, teachers and faculty members are under pressure from everybody from the federal government to the students and the parents themselves. As our culture shifts away from a Judeo-Christian base and uh, priorities and value systems and moral codes that we were built on, the more pressure comes to play on our teachers and our, our faculty, school faculties. And I want us to support them and love them and pray over them because it's a difficult thing when you're working in an, an, an environment that is intentionally and by design suppressing your faith, silencing your voice, and encouraging you to keep your faith, leave your faith at home, and to not be vocal or outward in your walk with God. And it's a very difficult thing because we have federal laws and we have pressure from the government itself to suppress all religion in the local school. What a tragic mistake it was 50 years ago when we took prayer out of the schools. We were removing God and the Bible and the influence and we've suffered greatly from it. It was a terrible thing to take God out of the local classroom and the schools. But nevertheless, we have great teachers and faculty members that love God, that are the real deal and they go there week after week and they are who they are and they're strong in their faith and we encourage them in that. I encourage you, if you're a teacher, to obey the authority that you're under without compromising your faith. Hopefully there'll never be a day when you as an individual are forced to either choose between your job and your faith. But don't be surprised if, that's ha if that happens because it already is here in this country. And I want to encourage you in that. If you're a, a working in a school, I want to encourage you to establish your identity as a Christian. Please do not go incognito or in hiding. Please do not put your Christianity on a shelf when you leave in the morning and then pick it up when you return. But be who you are, wherever you are, with whomever you might be, whatever you're doing, be loyal and truthful to your faith. Be who you are and establish that identity. You know, when you're in an opposing environment, it's easy and it's tempting to hide your faith and to just uh, not be vocal in it, not doing anything wrong, but just not make that a part of your identity. I think it's important whether you're a young person or an adult to establish your, your personal identity, your personal expression as a child of God. I'm a born-again believer. I'm a Christian. I live for God. I worship God. I attend church. I study the Bible. I have a biblical worldview. Make that a part of your personal identity. And if the environment you're making your living in, if they can't handle it, maybe it's time you look for another job. That's the kind of resolve that we need to have. I'm not talking about being obnoxious. I'm not talking about violating other people's rights. I'm not be talking about uh, uh, be abusing the privilege and the opportunities you might have. But I am talking about being loyal as a child of God and not backing up on your faith and your commitment to Him. Can I get a great big amen? Jesus in one place said that the servant is not greater than, its ma than their master. 
And he used that to explain how in John chapter 15 verse 18, how that they hated me and so they're going to hate you. They wouldn't listen to me, so they won't be listening to you either. And so Jesus was simply getting his, children, his followers ready for rejection, ready to, to face opposition that they may have. And like no other time since the founding of this country, we have to be ready for persecution. We have to be ready for rejection. We have to be postured for opposition. Because the way the culture has gradually gone, more and more, it's less and less popular to be a Christian and less acceptable for you to express your Christianity in the public place and especially in the workforce. I've mentioned to you recently how corporate America has become a primary enemy of our faith. We have to be strong, bold, courageous, and realize that we're not always going to be accepted because of our faith. I believe that each of us, whatever we do, whether we're students or teachers, whether we have uh, wherever we work and however we make our living, we must always do our very best at everything. Always be the best you can be. And love everybody. Never be superior or look down on anyone, but love everyone and help to lift them up with love and encouragement and acceptance. It's so important that we love everybody. Jesus said, by this will all the nations know that you're my real disciples because you love one another. And then finally, take a stand for Christ and don't budge on that. Can you say amen? amen. Let me take just a few moments and talk to our students. This would be those just entering kindergarten and also those that are uh, going into to college and uh, postgraduate work. Again, I want to say to you, establish your identity as a Christian right from the start. Um, just make sure that in a casual, natural expression, a natural way of life, that you establish your identity as a Christian. I want everybody around me to know I'm a Christian. There's no reason to hide it for a moment. There's no reason to act like it isn't a fact. I want everybody to know that I'm a Christian. I want them to see me that way. I want them to hold me accountable. I want them to expect the right kind of attitude and behavior out of me. I want to create an environment where I can't hide. If nobody knows you're a Christian, they lower their expectations. If nobody knows you're a Christian, they really don't expect very much of you. But once you establish yourself, I'm a Christian, automatically say, okay, we expect you to act like one. That's the kind of environment we want to live in. We don't want to live in an environment where we can hide. We want to live in an environment where the people around us are expecting us to do the right thing. So I encourage students from young to old, to establish your identity as a Christian. Don't change who you are when you go to school. Don't be one thing at home, one thing with your church friends, and something else when you go to school. But just be the same person wherever you are and whatever you are doing. Include God in church and the Bible in your conversation. I know sometimes we're tempted when we get with unbelievers and in a non-Christian environment, it's sometimes really easy just to delete all the Christianese out of our conversation. Never say God, never say amen, never say praise the Lord, never use a Bible word, never refer to church, and just act like that happened. Then we, then we leave that environment, we pick our, our Christianese right back up and start 
speaking using our normal vocabulary. I want to encourage you to just make God, the Bible, church, your faith in Him, and all of that. Just make that a part of who you are and make it a part of your conversation. And don't clean it out of your conversation when you go to church or when you go to school or you go to work. A third encouragement I'd like to make to all of our students here today, when you go to school this, this next week, I want to encourage you to connect with other Christians. Of course, not just those that worship here, but any other Christian that, that says, you know, I'm a Christian and I, I love the Lord and I want to live for the Lord. Make bond with them. Make them your friend. And some of them may be great Christians and some of them might be kind of light and bright, you know, but connect with them anyway because they have a confession of faith and they're trying to live for God. And if you be their friend, they'll probably be a better Christian if you'll befriend them. So, you know, wherever you work, wherever you go to school, it's just important that we network with other Christians. It will strengthen you in your faith. It certainly doesn't mean that you shouldn't have friends that do not know the Lord. How would we ever win anyone if we never have friends that don't know the Lord? But you have to create an identity group. And if you go to school and you create an identity group with the kids that have the lowest standards of their lives, that do things that aren't right and you know that you can't do, if you identify with them, you're going to start doing what they do and you are what they are. So if you're going to have an identity group, have an identity group of Christians. So I want to commission every student in this house, young or old, kindergarten all the way to college, create an identity group with other Christians, even if they're not that great, create an identity group with other Christians and you'll get along a lot, lot better than otherwise. Now, my fourth suggestion to all the students here today is whatever you do and whatever decision you have to make, always ask this simple question. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? If he were in this situation where I am and he had to make a decision that I'm having to make, what would Jesus do? And that will be a guide and help you get through life more victoriously and stay true to the Lord. And everything you do, always do your very best. It doesn't matter what you put your hand to. Do it with all of your might. And there's some that are just naturally better and more gifted at certain things that I am. It's not important about how gifted they are. It's just important that everything I put my hand to, I give it my very, very best. I believe that we ought to be excellent for His Excellency, the Lord Jesus Christ. The book of Colossians chapter 3, verse 21, it spoke to slaves, servants. And it said to these servants, you know, serve your masters as if you were serving the Lord. So just take a picture of whoever you're serving, whoever you're under, whoever you're trying to please, and move their face and then just kind of Snapchat a picture of Jesus right up there and say, you know what? I'm serving Jesus. You may be the biggest unbeliever, the biggest heathen in this school, but I'm not serving you. I'm serving my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and I'm going to do my very best because it's for Him. And so if everything we do, we do it as unto the Lord, we receive a blessing from the Lord. This, the, I want to encourage all of you students, as I have the teachers and faculty, love everybody lift others up prefer them over yourself love people care about them 
Be interested in what's going on in their life. Be concerned about what challenges they may have. And don't just love the people that love you, like you, and appreciate you. But Jesus said, love those that hate you and mistreat you and reject you and say ugly things about you. This mark of a Christian is not that we love one another, but that we love people that does not love us. And I want to encourage you to love everybody. And always, always, always stand for Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you to be bold. One last verse and I'll be through for today. Acts 4, 29. The apostles had been arrested. God had uh, allowed them to be set free. And they go to a prayer meeting with other believers. And they start to pray. And we have a portion of their prayer recorded in Acts chapter 4, verse 29. I want to read it. And now, O Lord, they prayed, hear their threats and give us, your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. After this, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the Word of God with boldness. I pray this prayer over all of our teachers and our students, that God would grant great boldness to share your faith and share the love and goodness of God. That God would stretch out his hand and use you to bless others, to make other people's lives a lot better, to bring people to Christ, that you could boldly share God's word in a way that people would be converted and want to be serve Christ just as you do. I pray this prayer over you all, that God would stretch out his hand and use you for his glory in a great and a glorious way. God bless all of our students. God bless all of our teachers. We are so proud of you. And today we dedicate this, this morning to praying over you, anointing you with oil, and asking God for his abiding presence to be 